Welcome to an episode of Inside the Handle, where we interview personalities in the NFT community and get to peek inside their handle and learn about them outside of the NFT space. We'll learn about their careers, families, hobbies, and have some fun. So sit back and enjoy. In this exciting episode, we're going to speak with Stay Stacked. We're going to learn about the impact that MapleStory had on his current NFT and crypto career. We're going to talk about high school sports. We're going to talk about his enjoyment of traveling, all sorts of fun stuff. So I hope you guys are ready. So excited to have Stacked here with me. Uh, Twitter handle at Stay Stacked, and that's S T A Y S T A C C E D. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that, that's perfect. That's so, perfect. so I appreciate you having uh, being here and joining us on the inside the handle. When you uh, came up with that name, what were you what were you thinking of? Where does that name come from? Yeah, sure. Um, so this was actually uh, my Instagram name, and I've had it for, I want to say, a few years now. And honestly, the, the name kind of just came to me one day. Um, my previous handle was uh, Keep It Froze, at K-E-E-P-I-T-F-R-O-Z-E. Okay. And, you know, that was a little different as well at the time, um, but I figured I kind of wanted to change it up because people were always asking me what my handle meant (laughs) like you know you know i still even with stay stacked people ask me what it means but i I, you know at the time i wanted a little change and it just kind of came to me i love it uh yeah like uh, i like to collect um i like to invest and i like to stack cash and so i figured (laughs) you know stay stacked was something that i wanted to aspire to be and you know there's always i think it's going to be kind of like a mantra that i live by moving forward i love it i love it yeah and and it's it's a super fun you know recognizable name for the community as well now your current (laughs) your current pfp is a it's a pretty rare lum right a hoodlum it's it's a wizard of sorts can you can you give me just a little bit about what that thing is sure 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 yeah um so like i was lucky to be able to actually mint hoodlums on sturdy exchange um, if you guys haven't checked out Sturdy Exchange, I, I really suggest you check out at least the Hoodlums Project, the first uh, generative art PFP on Flow. But yeah, I um, just got one of, like, apparently there's 10 random um, characters, P- PFPs in that collection. And I was lucky enough to uh, have landed the wizard as one of them. And That's awesome. so, yeah, I got really lucky. I was really, I was really excited when I got it. And it it's, it's super cool, you know, so... So we'll get into uh, some of your background and, and some of the things that make you who you are. But just real quick, um, because that is a, it's a pretty rare wizard. So yeah. that was when you minted that, you didn't know what it was, correct? It was like sort of the luck of the draw. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So we, we chatted quickly uh, before we, we were here um, recording and you mentioned you were living in Seattle. Is how how long have you been in Seattle? Or were you born there? What's what's sort of the the story of where Stay Stacked came from? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was born um, in a little suburb outside of Seattle. Um, and I have lived, I had lived there for about 25 years before I made the move down to Southern California for the past couple of years. And then only recently, um, I came back, uh, to Seattle. You know, I, my parents, we grew up in like a pretty, you know, middle-class, high middle-class area, played sports growing up. I love baseball and football. And, uh, it was like a little bit smaller of a town, you know, kind of like, uh, like just like a little suburb outside of Seattle. And um, yeah, I love the area, but I just couldn't deal with the weather, which is why a big reason why I got out a couple of years ago. And and so if you if you got out because of the weather, I'm I'm confident the weather hasn't changed <laughs> dramatically. What was it yeah. that brought you back? <laughs> God, yeah, I know. I was telling you before, like this this it's been so cold lately, and it's nothing compared to what you're dealing with. But uh, I don't know. It kind of had to do with more um, jobs. Um, at the time, I was working earlier this year, and then um, because of NFTs and crypto, I decided to go full-time into NFTs and crypto, and so um, my job was really the only thing that was keeping me down in Southern California. All my family and all my best friends and uh, my partner are up in Seattle, Got it. and so I figured, you know, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I can do this wherever I'm at, I may as well just head back home and hang out with the fam and my partner. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. a couple of things that, a couple of questions that come to mind. One is the the pandemic um, that we've been going through for the last eighteen or twenty months has certainly changed a lot of um, work habits and the routines for people throughout a variety of industries and and whatnot. For sure. So you know. A lot of people are working remote. A lot of people are moving out of urban areas to get into a more rural setting that's, you know, maybe a little quieter, um, but still has access to some of the urban uh, amenities. Um, sure. Have you, you know, jumping obviously full time NFT crypto, you can do that remote anywhere. But prior to that, right. could you have done some of your previous work fully remote or was it the decision to go full into NFTs and crypto that allowed you that freedom? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, at my at my previous position, um, yeah, I, I could uh, work remotely. When, when COVID had actually started, we were not going into the office at all. And so we were able to access most of our um, document files through, you know, the cloud. And so it wasn't really an issue. If there was ever an issue, the biggest thing was meeting with clients. And so if a client was, you know, insist like insisting on meeting in person because they had something that they really wanted to discuss, then we would have to make those amenities, right? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you know, I was able to work at home, but uh, working at home for me is not really my style. I, I like to be in kind of like a setting where there's other people working around me. Um, but with crypto and NFT, that's a little different. Sure. So when you talk about crypto and NFT, are you talking about sort of just the investing and, and buying and navigating that world? Or are you mining and doing some of the other stuff as well? Yeah. The, no, I'm not mining. I, I've thought about looking into mining, but I'm really talking more about just like, yeah, trading NFTs, trading crypto and doing a little bit of DeFi stuff like uh, liquidity pools and um, kind of uh, going on like bigger positions in that way as well mm -hmm. as staking. But yeah, that, that's I'm not really like a crazy expert or anything. I really just like to buy and sell stuff and just, you know, 
Yeah. Like I have that flippers mindset. So we, previous to NFTs and crypto, I mean, crypto has been around for a bit, but NFTs are relatively new in sort of the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. Did you buy and sell other things? I mean, Pokemon or baseball cards yeah. or that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was pretty big into Pokemon cards maybe four or five years ago. I I was looking for an extra way to make money going through law school, right? And so I was like, huh, what can I do that I can not have to work too hard on, but, you know, it might be kind of fun, might be kind of easy. And I looked into flipping Pokemon cards. And so that's what I was doing for, like, the better part of, like, six months to a year. And I was, like, buying, like, whole first edition, like, base set um, collections. Like, I was buying a lot of, like, the really OG stuff. And it kind of brought me back into um, this world of like being able to collect and have fun and then also make some money on top of it. And so um, Pokemon and then I got in basketball cards and football cards. Me me and one of my good friends, um, we were buying a lot of the Prism cards that came out maybe a couple years ago. Yeah. And we, yeah, yeah, like uh, we went through like, uh, probably went through like dozens of boxes. We were just buying them. And the the thing that sucked about that was we were buying them at resale rather than retail because it was like impossible to get those boxes. Right, right. And and so, um, yeah, we uh, would send cards in to get graded and collected and yeah but actually you know when it really comes to like that flipping and hustling mindset like i i I think i've tweeted about it before but i really learned how to like hustle from this uh online game i used to play called maple story so shout out maple story and nexon and anybody that played maple story because that's where i learned how to hustle yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I I'm 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 old, so I my my online gaming is like the Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I definitely played that in elementary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maple Story was this like a uh, 2D game where you could you're, I mean, I guess the goal was just to get as powerful as you could. I guess that's how and you could play with like other people, right? So like um, you could interact with other people. And then they had this element of the game called the free market where you could sell items in game and you could set up stores, leave them overnight and people could go check out your stores, leave you comments and offers. And it was really cool. So I was like, you know, kind of hustling in that game while I was, in, while I was, while I was like maybe like 12 or 13. That's yeah, wild. Like 12, 13, 14. Yeah. I remember I made like, I sold my account at the end of it, like the first time for like $1,500 and I remember being like 13, 14, being like, wow, I just made $1,500. Like, that's insane. And today, you know, that's still a good chunk of change, but it's funny, like, you know, yeah. how, how so far that, that's come. Was the game free to play? And then you just built up your your account to a point that somebody wanted it? Or did you have to pay in some capacity to play it? Yeah, well, so yeah, the game is technically free to play, but it's one of those games where in order to like really get ahead or not grind as hard as other people, you could pay some money, right? And I guess kind of what I did in that game was I I got in with a group of guys, um, a guild is what they called it, and we would go to um, these bosses and take down these bosses, which was like you kind of needed a dedicated like effort or group to actually be able to take down these bosses. Like it wasn't like really easy, easy, but it wasn't like impossible, right? Okay. And 
Are you following me right now? Yeah, I kind of like it. Is this one of these like yeah. mob bosses, or was it like um, were, were you peasants yeah, and you bro. were taking down the Lord? How did how was this set up? Oh no, yeah. So like we were like taking like there's this one boss called Zakum, and it was like this guy with this like big stone dude with like eight arms, and in order to take him down, you'd have to destroy each arm. And then you'd have to destroy his body, but then you had to destroy his body three times. He had like levels or something to it, I think. Okay, all right. And and so they would he would drop this el- uh, this item called the Zaku helmet, which was like this badass helmet. It had like this like glowing aura around your head, and it was kind of like a flex. Like if you could beat that boss at the time, then you were like OG, like you were a pro. So it was like it. a status symbol, and it was like pretty powerful. And so we would do that and we would like, we would um, sell helmets to people. Um, and what we would do is we would bring them along for the ride and then they would sit in the corner and just heal as much as they could because <laughs> most of the times so they'd be like too weak to actually fight it. <laughs> so they'd just sit in the corner and just spam their heal. And it'd be funny because like a lot of shit's going on, like shit's flying everywhere. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, way? absolutely. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, stuff, stuff is like flying around and there's like all these crazy like, lights and flashing attacks and so a lot of people um but they would go to this boss um because you know this was like 15 years ago 15 17 years ago so like if your computer couldn't handle it you would get disconnected from the fight and (laughs) you know people would pay like 100 or 150 dollars or something like that to go to the fight and so they'd be like so sad because oh man it it was a good time that sounds what i'm talking about yeah that that sounds wild that sounds fun so that's like that's pretty early on in in the evolution of what has become just you know i mean like the online gaming industry is is crazy right now right billion yeah. billions of dollars are flying through online gaming yeah um that that's pretty early on now you talked a little bit about um playing playing baseball and football right do, can you yeah. do, was that in high school did you play any beyond yeah, high yeah. school how did that go yeah, yeah, I played throughout high school. Um, I started baseball when I was, uh, I want to say, nine, nine or ten. And it was around the time um, Ichiro came to the Mariners. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, like, he was one of my heroes definitely growing up. And so he really inspired me to play baseball. And so I played baseball um, throughout high school. Um, I played up to my junior year. And then my senior year, I, I wasn't really getting too much playing time on varsity. And so I was like, I'm going to go play lacrosse and just try to learn a sport on my last year out. Um, and then football, I started uh, my sophomore year. Football was kind of funny because I I didn't really play or watch growing up, right? But um, I would play with these kids at the park. And it was like full-on tackle football. And I just remember <laughs> with no myself, pads, like, no helmet, no mouth. No, no, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like some kind of just reckless, you know, you, like kid stuff. Um, but we were in high school, you know, so like some kids were pretty big, and um, we had this game one time because there were these kids that lived down the hill from us, um, and they were they were like they had a team too. It was kind of weird, and they wanted to play us. And apparently, like, these were their best guys from that area or whatever. And so me and a couple of guys that also, you know, we're on the football team, but we just like to, you know, play sports. Um, we played them. And I remember just, like, not dominating, but, like, I was kind of like Calvin Johnson out there. 
uh-huh. and like with these with these kids right and so i just kind of thought to myself like huh i'm gonna go try football um because you know playing out with, out with these guys um i feel like i could definitely compete and um yeah i ended up playing um through my senior year we made it to the state championship my junior year and wow. then my senior year yeah we um and this is the biggest this was the biggest um division in uh washington and then my senior year i think we made it to the quarterfinals um but but by that point i was kind of burnt out i had been injured a few times Mm. and um i got a really bad concussion my senior year um the third game of the year and um i kind of like you know thought to myself like i love football and it's really awesome but it's just really dangerous right and i wasn't i wasn't gonna go um, professional or anything. I think if I really tried, you know, I think any anyone that really tries and plays at the high school level, they can go Division three, Division four, maybe Division two, but just ride the bench or something like that. Um, but I just kind of figured, like, you know, maybe I want to go to college and join a frat and have some fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. Nothing wrong with that either. Now, yeah. uh, playing baseball, did you play baseball like Ichiro? I mean, were you like a guy that could, you had some power when you wanted it, but you were just looking to place the ball, use your speed, get yeah. on base? Yeah. Like, did you model yeah. your game after him? or? Um, yeah, a little bit. So actually it's funny because like, I, I loved Ichiro and everything he did, but I was a really good pitcher when I was younger. Okay. And, and so, so you're more like Shohei then. <laughs> oh, man. If I, if I knew about Shohei, it would have been over. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was really a pitcher back then. Um, and then it wasn't until um, some injuries to my shoulder and my arm that I actually moved into the field um, maybe my freshman year of high school. Um, but it was funny, like, uh, Ichiro, they, they would always have these like little like stats or little like facts about Ichiro. And like one of them was like, he could go from, uh, like, you know, after contact with the ball, he could go from home to first in like 3.8 seconds or something like that. Like, uh-huh. you know, that's how quick he was with the, like, especially with those infield hits. And so I'd like go to the local school that had the baseball field and go time myself and see if I could get the same as Ichiro. And I would just like, you know go try to learn how to um, control where I'd hit the ball more, like, you know, opposite field, right. pulling. Um, I never really had, like, crazy power, um, but at my my peak, I was pretty decent. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, your, your high school football team sounds like it was pretty darn good going to the state yeah. championship and um, getting close your senior year. Was the baseball team good as well? I mean, did you guys have a pretty good sports program? Yeah, yeah, the baseball team was pretty good as well. Um, I know my senior year when I didn't play baseball, uh, that team was supposedly supposed. To, I think they were top five or top six in the state, um, but I guess you know didn't end up doing too well um, sure. in the playoffs. Um, but when I was there, when I was playing, um, my team was always pretty decent. A lot of high school sports is also politics. Sure, and. I've always been the type where even if I'm a beneficiary of something, if it's not fair to like, you know, other people, then I would rather not take part in it than still receive benefits from it. And so uh, that kind of, that was another reason um, I didn't play my senior year because I kind of saw politics being involved. But yeah, my, my, my high school team, they, they, they were a big school and um, we were generally pretty good at sports except for basketball. We were really bad at basketball for some reason. Um, really? Yeah. And you yeah, didn't, yeah, you didn't we, play basketball at all or? 
No, I didn't play. It wasn't something that I had a passion in, but I kind of wish I had because, you know, I love basketball throughout college and now I'm a huge basketball fan. Um, but yeah, we were good at like everything except basketball for some reason my senior year. But I think actually I heard they made it to the state championship within the last five or six years. So I think they're better now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. State championship yeah. In, in, is always a pretty impressive feat, you know? So yeah, that's yeah. wild. It, yeah, for sure. Now, did you have any siblings growing up? Yeah, yeah, I had a few siblings. I had um, a couple brothers. All, we're all around the same age, and then my sister is much younger than us, maybe about like seven, like ten years. It's it's funny because like we would always pick on her growing up. Um, you know, not pick on her, but like you know, we were so much bigger, faster, stronger. That any sport, like she, we would play with her, we you know, we just show her who the big bro is. Right. Um, but she ended up being the best athlete out of all of us. She was a state <laughs> champion. Yeah, she was a state champion swimmer. Swimmer uh, went Division One for swimming. Wow! Um, so she's yeah, she's a beast actually. That's so awesome. Kind of funny. I, I was yeah. gonna ask if they if they also played sports and how they did, but it sounds like she was the yeah. uh, she was the the queen of the household as it came to uh, sports. Yeah. No. Yeah. She. Yeah. She was definitely. Um, she definitely killed it the most. Yeah, we, we all played sports growing up. We all played basketball or like my brothers played basketball like in middle school and then they played baseball, but they weren't as involved in sports. My, my younger brother, my youngest brother, um, he was really good at baseball. So he played baseball throughout high school, actually. Okay. Um, but neither of them played football. Um, I think my other brother, he did, he did cross country for a little bit, but that was just more for fun or sorry, sure. track. So you you said you guys were all sort of similar in age. Did you get any opportunities to play on the same teams at all, or no, no, we we didn't. Let's see here. You were all just a because, little enough apart. Yeah, it was it was it was strange because so my my youngest brother, the one that I mentioned, played baseball. He was a four years younger than me, but my school only had nine or ten through twelve, and so. Um, when he was in the ninth grade, he was on a different campus. Got it. Okay. And and they had like their own teams or whatever, like the freshman team. Now, are the brothers and the sisters still in the Seattle area? Did they move away? Did they go away to college and stay wherever they went? Or how did that go for you guys? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, my youngest brother, he's actually um, in the uh, in like Tampa area, okay. like Florida area. And um, he's going to... PA school. He's getting his uh, PA degree. Awesome. Um, and then uh, my brother and my sister, yeah, they're still in the Seattle area. They're actually um, both in school around the area as well. Okay. So we're we're, we're kind of like a family of, um, I guess everybody just likes to go to school but not really work. <laughs> I think, I mean, who doesn't like that, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Sounds about as good as it can get, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. So you yeah. you moved to Southern California, um, and I think I don't you know just between L.A. and San Diego, right, is where you were sort of based yep, out Orange of Orange County. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you while you were there for the few years you were there? Did you enjoy it? Did you get out? Did you explore? Did you do different stuff? What was yeah, your experience yeah. like down there? Oh, it was it was really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I actually moved down there not really knowing. Um, many people, um, but one family, and it was actually like the family I was working with, and they were like super cool. They we were like they had three boys too. We were all kind of around the same age, 
and so we would play basketball together i met all their friends got to know like their friends so they, they were definitely like a very good um i guess kind of introduction to the area it didn't feel like i was completely isolated at the time um but then i met uh some people that actually ended up being from the seattle area and we were actually um all were the same age and were into the same thing so i thought that was really cool and they ended up being some of my best friends down there as well um but the, as far as like the weather i thought it was like really awesome how you know you could go any direction and really find something to do where wherever it was in southern california and it, like being in the seattle area you know you really have like seattle and then maybe like some neighboring cities are kind of popping but not really um, but in california you can go like you can go like i said um, because i was in the middle of la and san diego i could go either direction and go have you know a completely different experience than what i was having in orange county uh, but then be able to drive back all within a day right and so that was really cool i definitely took the beaches for granted uh -huh. i'm not much of a beach guy like i just I don't know. I I don't really care. like. I'm actually scared of the water. I, I don't like to really swim in oceans. Is it yeah. the is it the water itself or is it the creatures that could be <laughs> swimming yeah, around no, with you? It's the water. I don't really know how to swim. Okay. And so big big bodies of water kind of scare me. You haven't asked and your sister to teach you yet. <laughs> I know. No, it's it's funny. She beat me. She started like whipping me and like I can. Okay, when I say I can't swim, I I means like I can't swim, like. 50 to 100 yards but like i can like kind of float and i can like you know definitely get around yeah but like if you ask me to go more than like 50 yards or 100 maybe like 100, yeah 50 yards i'm probably not gonna make it <laughs> so so i like to you know hang out in the shallow area um sure so i guess yeah that's that's kind of why i might have never really gone out there did you do like because I when I lived in LA for a few years and we did a bunch of different stuff and I, we tried to take advantage of as much as we could but like I can remember there being days where we would surf in the morning and then go mm -hmm. skiing in the evening you know I mean it, yeah. it it was a drive you had to get to the to the mountains but um, sure we would do it every now and again uh, it was pretty cool oh, that's awesome did you, that, you, that's freaking awesome yeah. It, Something that you certainly, at least where I am now in upstate New York, um, there's there's no way if if you're skiing, there's no there's no water sports going on. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you have you been up this year yet? Uh, no, I haven't. So we um, here, I don't ski at all while I'm here. Um, oh, okay, it's really funny. There are some beautiful mountains. Um, some of them are incredibly famous. You know. You know Resort destinations, J Peak, Smuggler's Notch, White Face. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Like, there's some beautiful places around me. Oh, I don't ski at all. There was, there was a, I had an incident one time going down the hill, and oh. I was flying down the hill, and, you know, I mean, I'm not a very good skier, so I'm going sure, out, sure. I'm out of control. There's no doubt about it. Sure. I'm going too fast, and there are a couple of people down in front of me and, and they don't see me coming. And so I'm yelling and I'm trying to get out of their way. Well, he moves, this elderly gentleman moves in the direction that I'm going to try and get out of the way. Oh no. Yeah. And I go yeah. over the back of his skis, um, oh, you know, wow. coming inches lucky away enough. from taking him out. Yeah. Really lucky, yeah. but 
yeah, that's lucky. I spent the rest of the day in the uh, in in the clubhouse there, having a couple of drinks, and, and I, I haven't been skiing since. <laughs> oh wow! I, fe- I felt that's, like that's the insane. yeah, I felt like the mountains were safer without me on them. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't compromise with yourself and just go down the hill, not as crazy. No, I, you know, because like I, I suppose I could once or twice, but then you you start to yeah. feel comfortable, and then. You just start going, yeah. and I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, so. that's that's fair. That's fair. I, I I only got into skiing pretty recently, maybe like four or five years ago. Okay. And so I'm I'm very much like like a beginner. Like I can I can definitely go down blues, but yep. like when the slaloms hit, and you know I I can't I don't have fun with that. So yeah. Um, I I go to like Park City and go ski up there, and it was it's really nice over there. We I'd go to Sundance Film Festival and kind of enjoy just like the atmosphere. And the vibes out there. Um, have you have you skied up there? I haven't. No, I've never been out there. Okay. Have you heard of um, Sundance Film Festival? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They they, they do um, parts of it up there. Um, so it's kind of like a cool little experience. Like if you definitely if you ever have a chance, you should definitely check it out around that time. I, I'll have to. I'll have to. Now Sundance Film yeah. Festival. Are you a, are you a movie guy? Do you do you like movies, or is it just the vibe of the festival that you like? It was more just the vibe and the ability to um, enjoy like a winter resort at the same time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they have like this like main area where uh, it's kind of like their main street and there's like bars on either side, theaters on either side, um, nice little restaurants and boutiques. So it's it's really cool. Um, and it's, it's definitely like a very good ambiance, especially at night when all the lights are on. Yeah, I so, bet it's probably it's like a Hallmark film or something, right? Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've 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 obviously lived in Seattle. You were born and raised and then are there now or just outside of Seattle and in Southern California. Anywhere else? I mean, have you been anywhere else uh for any, you know, particular length of time or Um as far as living, no. Um I'm trying to start traveling a little more again. Um I had been to Asia a couple of couple times um just for kind of fun just to hang out um but as far as like actually living no uh, actually my partner and i we do have plans potentially to move um the next couple months um she's looking for a new position um she's actually a nurse and so she's gonna tr- try travel nursing out yeah okay and um you know we're, we're looking at places to live right now very cool. Are you looking at places in the U.S. or are you looking at places sort of anywhere at this point? Yeah, more so the more so the U.S. Um, she she hasn't had the opportunity to live in California yet, so that's one of the places we're looking at. Awesome. Um, potentially Oahu. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, if you do that, we're gonna have to have another interview for an, another podcast episode, and we're gonna have to do it in sure. person. I'm gonna have to go, and we're gonna have to do it in person. <laughs> if it's in Oahu, you're more than welcome. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, that's too funny. Now, traveling to Asia, were you, were there like specific places that you went and spent time at, or were you traveling to like tour? around uh different parts of asia or sure sure yeah um let's see the first i I have been twice now so the first time i went i went to um singapore malaysia thailand and bali okay yeah yeah so that was like after my first year of law school i kind of uh you know we had our summer break and or sorry that was the year before going into law school 
And so that was kind of like my last opportunity I felt like to travel. And so I was there for maybe a month and a half or so. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it was it was really awesome. It was actually the summer before, or the, I guess that summer and winter before, that was a year that I was flipping Pokemon cards, like I was telling you about. Yep. And so um, that's, uh, I kind of used some money for that trip to go over there. But going over to Asia is like actually really cheap. You know, you can find like a decent place to stay every night for like $40 a night. And then um, the food over there is also really cheap. And um, yeah, yeah, I would recommend anybody that goes to or wants to take like a nicer but also kind of cost efficient trip to check out Asia for sure. Yeah, when I lived in LA, one of my really good friends um, was a, was a, um, managing partner in an executive recruiting firm and mm-hmm. he had some business over in uh, Hong Kong and in Tokyo so I tagged okay. along with him and I, I went oh shit yeah we spent a few weeks so he flew me I flew with him right he flew me using his points his company paid for him and he used his points for me so I flew first uh-huh. class to Tokyo it was the greatest trip of my life that's awesome yeah that is um, awesome we spent we spent only maybe two weeks I think about a week in Hong Kong and then a little over a week in uh, Tokyo, but uh, uh-huh. during the day I was alone, so I would I would go around and I would check out different tours and different museums and different you know parks and things oh, to do, and then in yeah. the evening we'd connect and we'd go to dinner or we'd go kind of walk around and, and do some stuff. So um, it was a really really cool trip, but I've never been to like Thailand or Bali or some of these other places. So that sounds like a really <laughs> awesome trip. How did you enjoy the food out there? Actually, we, my partner and I, we're looking to go to Tokyo um, this next year if, if COVID can actually lay lay down for a second. It's been so annoying. Yeah, it's been tough for sure. I, the, it, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, Tokyo is is a really really cool place because, uh, for for me at least, um, the culture was really interesting and this juxtaposition between some of the the traditional cultural stuff, the sites and the the different. Um, you know, areas that you can go into parks and, and have some of this traditional yeah. culture juxtaposition yeah. against this, you know, tech, really populated yeah. urban yeah. area. It was really, really yeah. cool. I, I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. Um, and the food is, you know, yeah. phenomenal. I'm not a huge sushi guy, but I, I like it. But, you know, I mean, sure. it's like it's night and day, you know, to anything I can get where I am now. In L.A., you can get For some sure. pretty good stuff. But, you know where I am now it's it's I can't get anything halfway decent and so I mean the food was just absolutely phenomenal yeah the, the way you just put that um, you know this explaining the dynamic that uh, exists in Tokyo I think that, that made a lot of sense to me so that, that was kind of what I expected to actually like going going into it but uh, my partner and I were really excited to go try the food like we are we are big sushi people yeah so we are like super excited about that and then um, we have this thing we've never really had like good ramen i guess like that's kind of like the conversation we have all the time sure and so so we're excited to go try you know obviously some good ramen yeah um but um, yeah that's a big part of why i like to travel it's, it's like to try the cuisine and see all the excites but you know mainly eat. like i really like to eat good food yeah yeah, I, I do as well. I, I would choose I would choose food and drink over like most other things, right? Like, uh-huh, if I'm sure. if I'm gonna spend my money, um, 
more often than not, I'm not buying some tangible thing. I'm paying for like a phenomenal meal and, you know, some really good high end drinks or, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I'm definitely more of like pay. I want to pay for experiences rather than like material stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. So any other big trips that you've taken? Um, I mean, that sounds, that was like, you know, a month, a month and a half or so, a little over a month that you spent traveling around Asia. That's a pretty wild experience. Did you go alone or were there, were there like friends that you went with? Yeah, I I went with my um, partner at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, Nice. And and then I went again, actually a couple years later after my second year of school and it was, I was I went to um, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Thailand again because I couldn't get enough of it the first time, <laughs> um, and then Bali again as well. Okay. Um, and like like I said, like so- traveling in Southeast Asia is like you know very manageable if you know you just put aside, um, you know like thirty forty dollars a night for something decent, and then every meal you can find out there is like a couple bucks. So, so I, I definitely want to go back. Um, my partner and I now we're, we're thinking about going to Asia. Um, but, uh, as far as like extended period of time, we haven't thought of anything. Like we looked into Europe for a little bit. Um, you know, maybe check out like Barcelona and, um, Amsterdam. Those are kind of the top two on my list right now. Yep. But, uh, besides that, yeah, not, not, not too much. Yeah, I, I love I love traveling um, for the same yeah. reasons it sounds like you do, right? Like the experiences, the culture, but also the food and, and you know, again, I'd rather, rather than buy like some high-end thing, I'd rather go do something and get some memory out of it. Um, Definitely. When, I, when I was working in L.A., I would work for, you know, six months or so and just save everything I could. I would bank all my uh-huh. money and then we would just uh-huh. skip town for a month. You know, I'd be like quit our jobs oh, yeah, and we awesome. would just go. Uh, so, yeah. so we did some traveling. We spent like two and a half months backpacking around Europe at one point. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was a, it was a wild experience. We would in, in a lot of the places we would go, we would meet people who lived there And Uh we'd end up kind of hanging out with them and doing the things that the locals would do. And they would take us to the things that, you know, many tourists just wouldn't know to to see or look for Um, in in Estonia and in Switzerland and a couple of different places. We actually stayed with people who were just locals that just like allowed us to crash with them. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. cool experiences. So, uh, I, I feel you, you know, when you get the opportunity to travel, you get the opportunity to do something. It, it, I'm with you a hundred percent. It's a really exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the most part, when you, you know, like at least my, with my experience as well, like for the most part, like, um, meeting other people that were traveling for extended periods of time who were also like, you know, on budgets and like, kind of like, you know, more there for like the culture and the experience rather than to like. Uh, I guess destination vacation. Yep. Um, all those people were like super, super cool. Um, we, I had met a couple actually from uh, Sweden uh, when I was in Vietnam, and we had met on this like little dinky like cruise going through. <laughs> uh, I think it was the Mekong River, and um, like when I say dinky, it's like I'm talking like this boat was from the outside 
you wouldn't want to spend a night over there. It was, <laughs> it was like, but but like but like it was so cheap and like the view was so awesome of the Mekong Delta and river and all that that it's something I think if you ever get Vietnam you definitely have to try. Uh, but anyways, uh, we had I kind of like you know hit it off with them. They were super cool, and then um, we traveled to another part of Vietnam, and I had asked them to um, come stay at this place that I was staying at. And, you know, at first they were kind of hesitant, but then they came over, like they, they ended up coming over and then we kind of explored Da Nang, which is kind of like a beach resort town in Vietnam. Okay. And um, it was super cool. Like I, I still talk to them to this day. Really? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, uh, you, maybe, mentioned... maybe one of your trips, you got to go visit them, right? Yeah. You know, you know, once, once I'm on in that area of the world, I definitely will make an effort. Uh, but you said you were there for two and a half months. Where, where if uh, you could go back to any of those places you went to, where where would you go back to? Oh wow, um, there's there's a number that I would I would love to go back and do the whole thing again if I could. To be wow, quite honest, awesome. yeah. Um, we 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 flew to um, England and spent a couple of days, and after a few days, we were set with that. So we we went to. Um, you know, Scotland and Ireland and um, Spain, Portugal. We went to um, Sweden. We went to wow. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Greece, oh Italy, France. Yeah, we, we sort of did uh, this huge tour. You know, when you talk about food and culture, um, Italy is was one of my favorite countries to visit. Um, yeah. We we stayed with a family with a guy that we had met in uh, in Switzerland, um, and that was really really cool. Again, because he would take us, he drove us through the Alps and into France, and like we did all these things that we just would have never done if it was um, you know a, a normal sort of tourist type trip. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, F- finding those people that are locals and then being able to show you kind of, you know, it's like little areas that you mo- probably would never see on your own. Yep, is pretty special. Yeah, pretty special. Yeah, we 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 had a great trip and yeah yeah no that, that why well, so you 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 were a huge traveler as well. That's really that's I, th- I think that's awesome. I think having the um, privilege to travel and spend time um, in other cultures is something that everybody. Uh, needs to be able to experience and you know obviously um, it's not always easier said than done that's why I kind of throw out Asia there out there it's like cheaper right and you can you can um, you know experience different cultures but yeah that, that's really cool maybe we'll uh, plan like a little trip coming up and we can meet up somewhere or something yeah that would be wild that would be wild yeah yes for sure yeah for sure no it sounds like you guys kind of have a similar mindset to my partner and I as well um, we are actually leaving tomorrow for a little drive up north, just south of the, the border um, between Canada and Washington. And uh, we'll be there for a couple of days, kind of like a nice little um, wooded uh, kind of city next to the, a little body of water. Nice. And um, yeah, we're just going to go enjoy that for the next couple of days. Uh, shes I mentioned she's a nurse, so her schedule is re- it's really interesting. She works like three, four days at a time. And then has the rest of the week uh, typically off, or maybe like a couple of days off. Sure. And so, so she. This is kind of one of those days. That's awesome, and it's it's yeah. great that you guys take advantage of that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, since we've been together, we've definitely been taking advantage of it a lot. Like we've been to, we've we tra- between her and I, we've traveled maybe like 
over 25 times this this past year wow just a just a different like cities or different in between like orange county and seattle um yeah well, yeah we've been we've been doing a lot what's your what's your what was your like in the last say year right so from january 1 of 21 to now what's your favorite little getaway that you guys took yeah, it was actually the first time we went to um, Hawaii earlier this year. I, I think that was um, really fun because I had gone to Hawaii with my family before, um, but I had never gone with a significant other. And um, when I went with her this past time, I got to see parts of islands that, you know, I'd never was able to see with my family. And so that was pretty special. Um, we went to Oahu and uh, Maui. Um, have you been to Maui? I, I have never been to Hawaii, uh, and okay. it is a it's a bucket list thing for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like surfing and just hanging out, and you know, like the vibes out in Hawaii are you know, they're super chill. Like I really enjoyed um, being out there. Um, but they have this um, drive called the Road to Hana in Maui, and what it is is it's essentially a drive pretty near or next to the coast and um, throughout that drive you can stop at little like waterfalls and little creeks um, as well as on the side and look at the crazy views that they have that's wild um, and it's like yeah it's like a five or six hour drive I think if you want to do the whole thing so it was like a whole day experience we stopped at a few waterfalls and places that were like Places, you know, you'd only ever go with somebody that is willing to explore like that. Otherwise, it's because it's like to get to those waterfalls and creeks, you kind of have to do a little hiking. Right. And so, yeah, it was, it, that was um, probably our, my favorite trip um, that I've been to in the past year. So, so you're, so um, you're talking about potentially maybe heading to Tokyo and you're talking about some different trips, but is there a place, is there a destination that is, you know, top of your bucket list that you really, you may not go next, but you just know at some point in your life you want to get to? Um, you know, not right now. Um, I, I, at the same time, you know, like I kind of have ADD when it comes to things. Yeah. So like if I hear something, if I see something and I'm like, wow, that looks really awesome, then that could be my new thing. But right right now it's for sure um, like Japan and Korea. So that, that's, that's a trip that we're planning on doing next. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that that yeah. that ADD's got to got to come in handy as it relates to like NFTs and stuff, right? <laughs> so you can Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it, it, well, it comes in handy, but it also hurts me a lot because then I ape into like you know really random shitty Ethereum projects. Sure, end up going nowhere. <laughs> so it's 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 a double-edged sword. Like obviously, it's done very well for me, but I, I, I'm definitely trying to find a better balance with that. That's awesome. Sure. And I think I think I have been lately, so it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been pretty good. So um, I, I know we've we've been talking here for a bit, and I, I don't want to keep you on. Yeah. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got a lot going sure. on, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, before we get into some of the other stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, but like when you look at, you know, making a career shift, right? That change into the crypto NFT space and all that that entails. And I mean, I think, I think from the community's perspective, um, you know, you're pretty, you're, you're very well respected, uh, in that space. But there's obviously a learning curve because it's new and we're all kind of learning, you know, yeah. how to manage that properly. What yeah. is it? Uh, what do you do? What do you look for 
you know, what is it when a light bulb goes off for you as it relates to a particular project? Yeah. Well, okay. Like, you know, I, I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I'm very much better of a trader than most people. Um, I think what's helped me be able to be successful at trading was that in this space, you know, you could take nine shots and miss all of them, but the one that hits would make up for like 20 shots or 30 shots, right? Sure. And, and so it really had to do with um, my sizing that I went into projects. So I wouldn't say that I'm a much better trader than a lot of people. I think at the end of the day, this is kind of all a crapshoot. Um, so, yeah. Um, but uh, your question was like, you know, what what's kind of helped me with the space? Yeah, I mean, like, what's helped you, or what is it that you look for when you're when you're when you're eyeing the next thing that you want to get into? Are you looking for? Yeah. Um, I don't know, particular data, metrics, roadmaps, like what is it that you look for yeah. that, that really triggers that light bulb for you? Yeah, for sure. I, so I, I, I really like to look first at like the community. Um, you know, I, I think community is, it's pretty clear now that community is the biggest driving factor behind whether or not a project succeeds. And so I, I really do try to look for community and then I try to look for the novelty of the, like the, the idea that the project is giving. Mm -hmm. So if, if the idea is novel, um, I may be more interested in it um, because it's something that's new to the space or innovative to the space. Um, it, it's finding novel projects is a little harder, I think, because you, you might think I might think something is novel or interesting or unique. Um, but if, if it doesn't have a strong community or a strong um, group of believers, then it won't go anywhere, right? Right. Um, then I look at um, how the team communicates. I think that's really big um, because I've seen some uh, projects that end up not being successful because they don't uh, have um, the ability to manage their community. Hmm. You know, like uh, obviously, like when you get that community at first. Um, that's huge. But if you don't know how to manage that community or keep them interested or engaged, like, I mean, we see that kind of going on with Top Shot right now, right? Um, so if you, if I, I look for their ability to manage um, a project, um, and then I look at the artwork. Um, but I'll be honest, like, I kind of just ape into stuff. So I'm not really the expert when it comes to. So you're, so, uh, I, yeah, and I, I've talked to a few yeah. different people, and some of times, yeah. sometimes the way they approach it is like, they they buy into it quite a bit and yeah the idea is that if it hits you know they're they're right. loaded with what they've bought into and they can begin to flip right. and do different things and if it if it right. totally flops you know yeah. they're out but they're out at whatever that the beginning or that buy-in was right so you're out right. at the lowest level um sure of sure. that project sure. is that you have a similar sure. mindset really um, yeah, I, I definitely have a similar mindset. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much kind of what I what sure. I do. I've actually I've actually started to shift my attention more towards um, Top Shot again. So when I when I started in the space, I was really like I, I was only doing Top Shot stuff, right? I got it in like December. It's almost been a year now, and it just made so much sense to me, like coming from the collectors, um, what the uh, collectors mindset. Yeah. And so, you know, I just um, got into that. And then maybe around February or March or April, I took a break from Top Shot. I stopped buying stuff on Top Shot because I kind of figured, like, my bags are packed. If, I, if it does well or better, then that's great. But now I kind of want to look at 
Ethereum and you know see what they have to offer. And um, I was buying a lot of stuff on Ethereum, did very well on a lot of projects and did very poorly on some projects. <laughs> um i don't know if you've been following me for a while but there's this one project called ethlings yeah that i was very into and um i thought it was just so it was it was very innovative for the space right because uh you have a customizable avatar that is fully on chain and you know you can change what it looks like um you know it, it's not like a static image and i felt like that was pretty revolutionary for the time and sure. i like to say how it's like the, the time that's only maybe like a few months ago five, <laughs> five months ago it's crazy how fast the space moves it um, is insane but, sometimes yeah yeah but uh, i'm i'm confident that one day um you know like uh flow has a project genies which are customizable avatars right yeah and with the way um people believe the metaverse or whatever you want to call it is um, going to come. I do think that customizable avatars will have their place, but I think it might just be too too early right now. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, a little ahead um, of its time, then, maybe. I think I think that could definitely be a part of it. Um, but then I got into like a lot of art. Um, I got into art blocks stuff pretty early on. I sold some stuff too early, and then I sold some stuff at the right time um, when everything was moving. So um i have a, this one art project that i really like it's called um pole squares and for emergence and it's by this like anonymous coder who just releases these crazy projects and um kind of like builds around these projects but never reveals who he is and he's a pretty respected member of the generative art society um, but I think we've seen generative art kind of fall off recently because a lot of the speculators have moved to like gaming and um, those yield farming games like Wolf Game and those types types of games. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So do you um, – this, this is obviously – a unique space to be in for you, right? Because it's relatively new, even though it feels like we've all been here for 10 years. Um, right. And, you know, you're, you're doing it sort of full time now and, and that's where your focus is. Do you see that evolving into anything else or do you see sort of this being where you want to be, where you're sort of getting into and out of projects and, doing the DeFi and the crypto piece. I mean, do you, do you ever see any other, um, I don't know, do, do you see an evolution where maybe you create a project or something like that? Or is it just sort of the ability yeah. to manage what's out there that really interests you? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I've been in crypto since it's like 2014, 2015. So I'm, I'm, I've kind of been in the space for a little while. Right. And I've seen the ups and the downs. And one of the things about the space is it's good until it's not. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I, I, I would love to be able to do this full time for the rest of my life, I think. Um, but I kind of recognize that that is likely not going to be a reality or it's going to not be necessarily consistent. So I um, do have plans, actually, on releasing a project. I'll, I'll speak more on that later. Okay. Um, but... Um, outside or uh, i think after this year besides top shot and maybe some things i, I don't think i'm going to be doing this full time anymore i'm actually uh trying to get my bar license up in washington so i can have uh, my license in washington and california and then um 
have kind of options from there. But I'm definitely going to milk this for as long as I can. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Interesting, interesting. It's always always interesting, uh, for me at least, to kind of hear, you know, I think that's a really responsible mindset to have, right? Like, this is fun and I enjoy it, but I don't expect this to sort of be able to, to fulfill my life forever. Um, so I'm ensuring that I have some other, you know, irons in the fire, so to speak, fallback plans, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I think that's a really responsible way to approach it. I, I get the sense that, and again, you know, it's tough, it's tough to say, which is, I think part of why this, this podcast inside the handle is so interesting. I say this not really knowing people in the space, but it seems like there's not a lot of fallback <laughs> options or plans, right? Like people have yeah. aped all in and they're losing, you know, they may lose yeah. everything and, you know, then what do you have? Um, and I think yeah. I think sometimes, at least my impression is that because of some of the negativity and the vitriol that's that's put out there, I assume it's because they're just overinvested, right? And like right. losing their shirt. Um, but maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I, yeah. I don't know. This is this is why it's great to have these conversations. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think like a lot. I mean, I people say that it's not, but I like this game that I look like this, this game of crypto and NFTs. It's it really is no matter which way you want to cut it or put it. It's a zero sum game that if someone is winning, someone is losing. Right. And there's no way that someone cannot lose in this space. Right. And so I always think to myself, because you see some of the huge run-ups that some projects have had on the Ethereum network, right? Like um, Toads hit like 15 Ethereum at one point or something. Right. And um, Artblock, some of that stuff was going for like, some of the stuff that I had sold at the peak was going for like 20 to 25 Ethereum. And now they're like two to four Ethereum, right? And so, you know, for a lot of people that win, there's a lot of people that lose. And so that's something that I always try to preach to anyone that I um, talk to in this space or have brought into this space. It's like, yes, it's really fun to see something go three or four X in a day, but recognize that that three or four X is probably going to drop down to one to two X to maybe even. So just kind of get in and get out where you can. And then there's projects like Top Shot where I believe in the long term um, uh, prospects of Top Shot. Like, I don't think this platform is going anywhere. I don't think sports collecting is going anywhere. I think, if anything, right now is probably one of the best times um, you'll ever have to accumulate uh, these assets. And so that's kind of why I've been shifting a lot of my profits on Ethereum back into Top Shot. And, um, you know, just trying to continue to build my portfolio and, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think, you know, I recognize Top Shot is an NFT, um, but it, it right. feels more like a collectible kind of thing, and it feels right. very different. It feels like a much more long-term um, position to hold than a lot of the NFT sure. stuff that's that comes out. So um, I think For it definitely sure. requires a different mindset, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at just sports collecting and how big it's been historically, right? And um, you know, there will always be sports fans, just like there will always be fans of music, pop culture. Um, and so I think this is one of those platforms where you really need to recognize that the time might not be now. But like you look at these moments, right? And I don't think people recognize that these are actually supposed to be um, compatible in like AR and virtual reality. And like we see a 2D image right now, but 
it's really like it's supposed to be a 3d cube when we're able to bring it to that level and then when you think about the fact that you can display eventually be able to display your moments people want to be able to flex things like that right, right. and with some moments when there's only like i'm looking at the run at back set right now there's only like a thousand of them uh, or 990 of each moment which is you know in the grand scheme of things like not very many like 990 is a very small amount sure uh when you look at like how many actual collectors there are out there and so you know i think it's kind of interesting like top shot kind of brought everybody in nfts and everybody's kind of like abandoned top shot and uh, looked for other nfts but i think um with the blow up of like board apes crypto punks um you know, whatever else is blowing up out there, um, that's going to actually bring more people on to these mainstream NFTs, like Top Shot again. So I think it's going to we're going to see like a boom. We saw a huge decline, and then we're going to see a little boom again with everybody that's being onboarded into this space. But it's going to take some time for sure. I don't think we're going to see our February March highs um, for a while, if not ever, for a lot of moments. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So <clears throat> again, I want to be respectful of your time and I, I super, you know, sure. incredibly appreciative of you joining me and, yeah. and sort of Thank you. allowing us to peek inside the handle of, of stay stacked a little bit. Um, this has been, yeah. it's been super fun and it's been really interesting to get to know you and some of the things that you enjoy to do, uh, you know, you enjoy doing outside of NFTs and crypto. Can you, sure. so, you know, you mentioned, and this is a great segue, you mentioned um, pop culture and music and things. Can you remember back, like, you know, some of the music that you enjoyed, uh, maybe now, but also back, like, high school, maybe even earlier? Do you remember, like, what your first CD was? Can, can, you, can you recall yeah. which CD you, you were able to obtain first? Oh, man. Yeah, my first CD... I hope, see, it's, like I hope it's great. Like... I hope it's, like, crisscross or something. <laughs> I don't even. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Chris. Oh it was man! Like, it was like it was, <laughs> so there's like you know Limewire and all of that stuff, right? Yep. Yep. And so let's see. Um, my parents they didn't should my parents didn't let us have internet at our house until we were in, I was in high school. Okay. Um, they didn't trust us with the internet. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they thought it would corrupt our minds. Um, so we actually, it was funny. We actually used my neighbor's internet. They didn't have protected Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's how I played Maple Story growing up as a kid. I just sit in my room, like in the very corner next to my neighbor's house. Oh my god! Their Wi-Fi. That's phenomenal. But, uh, anyway, that's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my first CD was shoot. I want to say it was Franz Ferdinand. Okay. In eighth grade. All right. Yeah. Yeah, they had like that one song, Take Me Out. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I think it was like more of like a popular song and that kind of drew me to their music. And then um, I paid one of my friends $10 to burn me a CD of their album, which is highly illegal. <laughs> and and um, yeah, that was like my first CD. But like throughout high school, I really like listening to more like hip hop um, and rap. Like I listened to a lot of um, Lil Wayne. Yeah. Lil Wayne, when I was like in eighth, ninth grade, he was my idol. Um, I actually dressed up as him one year for one of my high school dances, and then for a high school uh, dance, yeah, like a tolo. Okay, it was like a theme dance. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it was like I think like famous couplets or something. So I went as Lil Wayne, and my date went as Mrs. Officer. <laughs> so it was it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, Kid Cudi, I really enjoyed. Yep. Let's see, Kid Cudi. Um, was Khalifa? I was a huge fan of uh, back in high school, but then like he he started going too mainstream, and I was like, dude, you're a dork. <laughs> but 
his old stuff like was I, I really I really like yeah. like Flight School and like Burn After Rolling. Um, did you ever get in? Jay. Did you ever get into uh, Lupe Fiasco at all? Yes, I, I I was I definitely listened to Lupe, um, but I wasn't as huge on him as those guys. Okay. Um, but yeah, I liked Lupe. Yeah. I always like I Kid Cudi and Lupe always sort of ring similar to me when I when I hear yeah. them. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. for sure. They definitely they make you a little introspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've we've talked about some vacationing and in in that conversation you talked about some food that you were you know sushi you, you guys you said that you you and your partner really enjoy and you're searching for the mm-hmm. holy grail of ramen. Is there other um, foods or the other things that you really enjoy that you either seek out when you're traveling or you enjoy having you know right at your home or locally or whatever? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think recently, like, you know, since I started um, seeing my partner, we've, she's really um, opened my eyes more to just um, sunsets, sunrises, and just kind of hanging out and catching and like views. Yeah. Um, because I think before I definitely did not appreciate those moments as much, or I didn't spend as much time to appreciate those moments. And so uh, every time we travel now, we make it a huge effort to at least, you know, a few times during our trips to catch a sunset and we've been we've seen some really amazing ones this this year um that kind of make me think like have these always been there like this or am i seeing them now because i'm with her or you know kind of like it's it's been really eye-opening um but um besides you know those little experiences um we like to do like uh we're trying to do more outdoorsy stuff so like hikes or just being able to go catch um, cool, you know, settings, views, whatever the case may be. Um, but she's definitely uh, encouraging me to get a little more active. I think with NFTs and everything, I've been kind of a homebody for the past eight, nine months. Like I used to play basketball quite, quite often. Okay. And now I play maybe once every couple of weeks. But I just joined the men's league again, so I'm playing once a week. All it's right. been kind of nice. How are you holding um, up? You doing yeah. all right? Um, no, well, you know, my, my lungs, my lungs are not there. And I, I, like, I, I vape a lot and I'm trying to cut, cut down on that. Okay. Like, it's really bad. I just sit in my room. I smoke my vape or I smoke my, um, my pen and, and I trade NFTs and crypto. Sure. And so, so I'm definitely trying to get my cardio back, uh, but my, 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 my ball IQ and uh, my mechanics are still there. It's just more so being able to keep up for the most part. All right. All right. Well, you, you, you can work that out at least, right? You can work that out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's the thing. Like, I just think like, if I play a couple times a week, then I can definitely get out there yeah. and, and play again. Nice. Yeah. Do you, yeah. so, you know, in terms of, of, um, wise wise words that you can leave the audience with i mean do you have a quote a saying a philosophy do you have something that sort of is an overarching guide that you think about that sort of helps propel you in a particular direction uh in your life um yeah kind of i mean um i kind of talked about my mantra earlier about you know stay stacked um but it is it is really kind of like the way I see things, it's like, um, if you see an opportunity in front of you, you're really never going to know like what is going to occur. if You don't at least try to take that opportunity. Right. And I think a lot of times people have a lot of constraints that, that 
make it so that they feel that they can't take those opportunities. And, um, you know, I think with most things in life outside of your health and personal relationships, you the only thing that's stopping you from doing something is yourself. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, I think for people that uh, want to be able to go out and do something or try something, but haven't gotten to it yet, if it really matters to you and you'll know if it matters to you um, to just go out and do it because you know, who, 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 like, how do you know whether or not it'll be successful without trying? Um, and that, that could do, for, that could be for anything. Um, I'm in the process of actually trying to better myself in those ways. So it's, it's a lifelong journey. Um, it's not something that you just figure out and you're, you're good at it, you know? So, um, and then one little short thing is, um, stay stacked so you don't have to get stacked. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and I play I, I play poker um, just for fun, but I play, you know, semi-high stakes. And so it kind of has to do with like, you know, if you're not getting stacks, then you're probably getting stacked and you don't want to be, you don't want to be that, that guy. You want to be on the other side of it. Ab- so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. again, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And for those of you listening, make yeah. sure that you give us uh, at Stay Stacked. Uh, a follow on Twitter if you're not already following him. Um, there's, I appreciate yeah, that. you've you've got a great account. Um, you know, you engage well with others in the community. This has been an awesome opportunity for us to get to know you a little yeah. bit, know you know sort of what makes you go and the things that you enjoy. So this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Mario, I really appreciate you having me on the show as well. It was a super um, professionally done, you know, talk, interview, whatever you want to call it. I, I was kind of worried, you know, because I definitely have been in situations where, um, you know, interviewers are not as engaging or thoughtful with their questions or responses. So I do appreciate your time as well. Yeah, no, that I appreciate you saying that. I think, you know, we as a community, um, there is a benefit to a certain level of anonymity. And I don't think yeah. we want to break that barrier or break that wall down completely. But as we talked about before the show, I do believe that there is it, there's an easier pathway to negativity and um, that I think that pathway is made easier because we don't really know enough about each other to be able to have that sort of level of engagement. Um, and yeah, my hope my hope that I can bring to the space through this uh, you know podcast inside the handle is to, allow us to get to know just a little bit about people and maybe build a, a little more of a relationship or at least have a, a better feeling or understanding of somebody to help break some of that negativity and, and keep things fun and light and positive. Because um, as you said earlier, this is a zero sum game. If somebody's winning, somebody's losing. And that's difficult. That's right. a difficult thing to navigate. And when you're winning, mm-hmm. you know, you're out there, you're, you're pumping those bags and you're talking about it and posting screenshots and doing all these things. Um, sure. And that doesn't doesn't really make the person who's losing <laughs> feel any better. Right. Um, sure. Sure. So sure. at least if we can have a little bit more of a human connection. Uh, we can make the space a little bit more positive for everybody. 
I agree. And I, I, I think you're going to be able to do that and more uh, to the space. So, I, you know, I think everybody does appreciate what you're trying to do. Awesome. So I'll, I'll fully support it. Awesome. I appreciate it. Well, thank yeah. you again. And again, everybody, uh, uh, if, if you haven't given Stay Stack to follow, you need to do that. It's at S-T-A-Y-S-T-A-C-C-E-D. So make sure you're checking him out and giving him a follow. And uh, I hope everybody has a, a wonderful day whenever they're listening to this. Thanks again. Really hope you enjoyed that episode with Stay Stacked. I had a ton of fun getting to know him and learning about him inside the handle. Make sure you give us a follow at Inside the Handle on Twitter. Keep an eye out for YouTube channel. We're going to hopefully get going here pretty soon. Maybe some of these interviews we can do video and, and we'll be able to have that engagement as well. Looking forward to it. Lots more going on. And remember, please, everything we do here is for fun. Please don't take it as financial advice. Thanks. Thanks.